Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts to help you make, manage, multiply your revenue and impact in the world. I'm your host, David Ubita. The Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast starts right now. Um, as far as uh, Mr. Floyd, it's very fortunate. My prayers and condolences go out to his family. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, I grew up in areas and I've seen, I hung out in areas where this police brutality is nothing new. Okay, this has been going on for a long, long, long time. Only difference is now is everything is being videoed and televised. Um, I grew up in areas, uh, you know, where I, as a young kid, if my grandmother sent me to the grocery store on a corner and just coming out of the grocery store, if a certain if certain cops pull up, you in the wrong, you at the wrong place at the wrong time. So I've been thrown up against the against the wall, accused of selling drugs, and I'm just. I just went to the store as a 13-year-old just to get some get some milk for my grandmother. So it's always been like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's nothing new, it goes back. You, you gotta think about everything that was going on when we were coming up as kids. I don't care what city you was in, there's always something going on. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast, uh, the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, I'm your host, David Ubita, stoked about episode 39. And uh, as always, I want to start the uh, this segment uh, by uh, giving a shout out to some of our listeners in Australia, the down under, right? Australia, specifically Western Australia, uh, that has the largest uh, portion of our listeners, Victoria, uh, New South Wales, and Queensland. So for those of you uh, who are just so kind and uh, plugged into what we're doing here at the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. We hope sincerely that you're gaining value and that you're enjoying these conversations as uh, every episode we look to improve in one way or another to really deliver the goods to you. So on that note, what's up, Australia? And uh, super stoked about visiting you uh, there in your beautiful, beautiful country uh, one day soon. Um, so really... I want to just spend a few minutes in this segment. As you guys know, uh, if you haven't been living under a rock, uh, and that is just the unfortunate demise, uh, the unnecessary demise of, uh, of our fellow brother, Mr. George Floyd, uh, in Minneapolis. And I tell you what, guys, um, I rewatched the video and showed my twin sons who are 13. The video, and I was hesitant at first. I'm like, you know what? Well, they're they're 13, but then I also want the shock factor, and I wanted them to see for themselves. Hey, listen, this is a reality uh, in terms of police tra- the treatment of police towards whites, blacks, the racial inequality, that kind of thing. Uh, because you know, I'm brown, so I'm not white, and I have encountered uh, racism and profiling, and you know, can't go into a store without um, someone. Uh, security tailing me right for no reason and um it sucks it's not it's not cool and when i saw the video again yesterday just infuriated me again and just all these emotions rose up to the surface again as i watched mr floyd 
say, I can't breathe, right? Crying out for his mother and going through that unnecessary torture uh, at the hands of uh, police. And then when I see other clips and I see that there's four people kneeling on this guy while he's handcuffed on the floor, he's already, the threat's already been disarmed. I think about the cowardice of um, those particular officers. And, and mind you, being a police officer, I am, I'm pretty sure that's not an easy job. And uh, in no way, shape, or form am I coupling all of the police officers into one bucket and calling them all a-holes or racists because that would be unfair and uh, untrue. But I have to share with you guys that when I saw that, uh, my stomach just turned and I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And at the same time, just so much sympathy and compassion for, for my fellow brothers of color, black, brown, um, it's tough. It's tough to watch, infuriating in fact. It just, you know, as a, as a follower of Christ, I'll tell you what, it, it was really tough to find some type of a Christ-like response watching that video. And as the emotions, my emotions started to settle, I mean, all I can do is think of one prayer, and that's like, Lord, help me to make a difference somehow. Help me to support whatever way possible. Start a dialogue. Support a dialogue. Finish a dialogue. Whatever. To move this forward. And by this, I mean the awareness uh, and desire to implement more racial equality within our, within our nation. And the U.S. really has been taking it on the chin this year, right? Well, a lot of the world has. Um, the untimely death of uh, Kobe Bryant and those souls on the helicopter started off 2020. Then Corona, COVID-19 decides to drop in and take, uh, take you know, several hundred thousand lives. And then this whole situation with... Um, with Mr. George Floyd. And my hope is that in the midst of any adversity that we face, that we will rise up as, as, as a nation, as individuals and as a nation, to collectively look at forming some type of a strategy to move forward. I really do believe it's there's an opportunity to grieve. I really do believe that there's an opportunity for us to take moments and just really dial in word and examine our own hearts. And nothing's going to work if we're pointing our fingers all the time. Um, nothing will change. It's more so, hey, let's look inward first. And what's my contribution to this? What's my contribution to this? Because the reality is all of us on some level have some type of ism internally, whether it be racism or classism, there's some type of an ism judgment that we tend to practice and tend to carry out on people, in many cases without their knowledge. But man, my hope is that um, we can come together as a nation, um, 
as people, as human beings. And finally end this nonsense that because of your skin color, we're better than you or not. That's absurd. Um, if we're more educated than you or not, that we're better. That's absurd as well. We're all in this together. And as we've gone through COVID and, uh, and this whole um, uh, situation with um, our brother George Floyd, you know, we now more than ever, if we can't see that, that we're all in this together, my hope is, guys, that we are no, no longer identified or labeled as a, as a racist nation. Um, we're the melting pot of the world. How on earth are we racist, right? It's, 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 it's uh, oh, frustrating, very frustrating. And I want to extend my heartfelt condolences Sincerest condolences to the George Floyd family and his children and um, every single human being that's been impacted around the world. I grieve with you and I want you to know that I'm also praying and really dialing into my Creator, to my Heavenly Father to see what I can do, uh, whether it be small or big, whatever the case is. You know, if you if we all just contributed uh, hell, even just, you know, 10% of a solution, 5%, 1% of a solution to this, uh, to, to, to racism and just coming together and, and, and collectively coming to uh, some type of an agreement. Uh, this thing called racism would end it relatively quickly. And uh, I'm really loving a lot of the, the new implementations that business uh, is Businesses around the world are implementing from holidays to, uh, I just read that, uh, Google just donated another 175 million towards black uh, businesses. And my hope is that that money actually goes into the communities and goes into the right hands to support black owned businesses. And man, I, I just, I just send to each and every one of you a virtual hug. A virtual hug and just know that you are loved and that we're going to get through this together. So on that note, guys, uh, episode 39, we have uh, Terrence Hutchinson, who is a is the CEO of uh, Your Best Lifestyles uh, Nutrition and just an all-around great guy. And, and I will say this, when we have this conversation... We started talking about business. We started talking about nutrition and things like that. But then we also uh, talked about George Floyd. And as a black uh, business owner, Terrence and I, we, we, we talked, man. And it was emotional. And um, it was needed. It was needed because... What I don't want you guys to do is for those of you who are struggling and suffering right now, grieving right now with this whole situation, infuriated right now, don't keep it in. You have to talk it out. Find someone. Go to a healthy space. Don't go to you know a chat board and, and fuel the hate and rage. Let's take that energy and use it towards finding a solution so that our children and their children do not have to experience 
this craziness any longer. So with Terrence, um, it really is a great, it was a great conversation. And uh, I left that conversation respecting him even more and just so grateful to Terrence for, for spending a few minutes with us here on the podcast and sharing his thoughts and uh, opening up the way he did uh, with reference to what it's like being a CEO um, and what it's like to be a black business owner in the U.S. these days. So uh, you're going to want to really pay attention to this one, guys. Um, so without any further delay, uh, we'll go ahead and dive right into the interview right after a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, if you're a B2B company that can take on more clients, then take a look at our free training detailing the simple strategy that took us from 19 sales appointments in 2016 to 426 qualified sales appointments in 2019 with zero paid ads or time-consuming blogging on LinkedIn. On this free training, you'll see how this proven strategy works so you can start generating qualified sales appointments for your business today. Visit us at mrdeu.com. That's www.mrdeu.com. Terrence, it's good to have you back. How are you? I appreciate you, man. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back on. It's a blessing. Yeah, man. Uh, first and foremost, again, thanks for for coming back and joining us here on the podcast. And um, before we dive into some some topics, uh, I wanted to just emphasize to the audience, you know, you know your stuff, right? You've been in the in, in the fitness game for a while. How about telling the audience a little bit about your background and um, how you got to where you're at right now? And then we can talk also about your podcast as well. Okay, uh, my name is Terrence Hutchinson. I'm a certified uh, elite trainer. Um, I am a certified corrective exercise therapist, uh, co uh, exercise uh, and the fitness nutrition specialist, and I uh, do corporate wellness. And I got into it around 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes that almost killed me. I was in ICU wow. for like three and a half days. And I got out of that, and I just went hard. So I just started educating myself about the disease, and uh, got back in school, and started, you know, training other people. And uh, recently, I just got uh, certified by the International Diabetes Federation in Europe to be an educator in diabetes. I just just finished those uh, those courses, so. Um, I'm helping people deal with uh, type 2 diabetes complications, uh, especially with COVID-19 now and cardiovascular disease and how diabetes um, interact with both of those things. So it's important right now that we monitor, you know, our health, uh, especially if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic. So we talk about prevention and reversal and not really too much of maintenance because maintenance is going to keep you spending like close to $8,000 a year annually just on on medicine and doctor visits and stuff. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much who I am and what I do. That's amazing. And as an entrepreneur, because you also own your own business, correct? Right. Um, your Best Lifestyles, uh, Fitness and Nutrition, the website is uh, yourbestlifestyles.com. And all my information on there, uh, social media contacts, um, everything like that. 
let's talk a little bit about some of the health challenges that entrepreneurs uh, face, uh, because I know that uh, sometimes we're so focused on the grind, right, on trying to get ahead. Um, running a business has so many moving parts. And you mentioned that all of a sudden, in your case, you find yourself in the ICU. Um, what are some recommendations that you'd make for entrepreneurs, uh, simple, you know, simple recommendations that we can incorporate that perhaps don't take, you know, three to four hours in the gym and um, eating like a rabbit, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, for entrepreneurs, it's very tricky because you work for yourself, you work on long hours. And a lot of times when you're out there making things happen, you start to neglect your body and neglect your mind. So when that happens, you know, you lose cognitive awareness as much, you lose lack of sleep. Um, you're not exercising as much, you're not eating properly. So you have to find a balance. You have to say, okay, um, just like a regular nine to five, you say, okay, 12 o'clock, I'm gonna have lunch. I'm gonna get up earlier. Uh, I'm going to have a great breakfast. I'm going to exercise prior to breakfast. I'm going to drink. As soon as I wake up, I'm going to drink a, a bottle of water, uh, meditate for like 15, 20 minutes, and, you know, really don't touch your cell phone, nothing electronics, until you get, you know, up and ready to go, and then you, you go forward right there. Um, for entrepreneurs, we have to have that balance, and we have to have that discipline to really say, you know, I'm working hard today. I know what my five, my activity level is at every five hours. So in every five hours, you got to figure out, am I going to be at my desk for five hours or am I going to be on the road? Uh, or am I going to be working out? So you got, you have to plan strategically. So exercise is a huge thing. So it, what exercise does is it strengthens your body, obviously, but also it strengthens your mind. Okay. So as a busy entrepreneur, you want your mind to be fit. Your brain is one of the most neglected uh, uh, muscle in the body. So we focus on the body, but we got to focus on the brain. Okay, so we make sure that we meditate, we read more, and pay attention to what we're reading. And we exercise in our mind so we have great cognitive awareness and then practice proper nutrition, um, low-density foods, fruits, obviously, vegetables, um, lean meats, fish, chicken, turkey, tuna fish, and stuff like that. Stay away from the fatty meats. Um, you really want to have snacks in between. A first aid kit of snacks, like if you're in the car and you're running around, you want to have, like, you know, maybe a trail mix, a fresh fruit if you need it, something that you can bite into or peel once. Um, uh, powder protein shakes, something that you can shake in a shaker bottle and go. And know where you're going to be when you're out if you have a meeting somewhere you're meeting a client at a restaurant or you know you have a networking event you know know the restaurants in your area that's going to really match your fitness and wellness goals don't get hungry and then go run to a fast food restaurant know what area that you're in if you don't have any meals with you say okay i know this vegan restaurant around the corner i know a great vegetarian place a seafood place and let that be your go-to place when it comes down to food um never let hunger catch up to you once an uh, entrepreneur a busy a uh, busy uh 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 business professional let hunger catch up to you then everything looks and smells amazing so it doesn't matter if it's junk food 
fast food, whatever it is, fried food, you're going to get that food. So you want to make sure that you always have a food plan. That's the main thing. Now, when it comes down to exercise, a lot of times, like especially right now, these are unprecedented times, a lot of gyms are not open. So you have to hack your environment. Um, you have to use your office, your desk, do some push-ups, your chairs, do some dips. Um, if you have light dumbbells, you know, you can work out in your office and really make sure that you're getting at least 20 to 25 minutes of cardio and um, a HIIT routine or maybe some uh, resistance training going on. And you're going to find yourself uh, fit physically, mentally, and emotionally, and then that's going to push you to the next level as far as the entrepreneur is concerned. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I remember during the quarantine, uh, my gym opened um, recently, and then it felt really, really good to get back in the gym. And then I also felt weaker, right? <laughs> Even because I was, you know, used to training with weights, but then I was doing a lot more cardiovascular, like 100 push ups, 100 sit ups, stretching, um, doing cardio stuff like I, w- I would see on YouTube and uh, different programs like that. But it's not the same as actually going in and and uh, hitting the weights, especially since I've been doing it for so long. Right. Right. Well, I mean, long as you was doing something, you know, and you're yeah. not, you know, letting the uh, use it, uh, uh, lose it, or use use it or lose it concept kick in. So now you're doing something. You may have not felt strong because you're not using the machines or a lot of dumbbells or heavy weights. But you're doing push-ups, you're doing, um, you're doing dips, you're doing planks, all body weight exercises. That's still a great form of exercise, you know. So you're pushing your mind, you're pushing your body, and you're not in a sedentary lifestyle. So when less than three days, if you're not doing something, you start to lose muscle mass, you start to lose uh, muscle density, and, and, you know, so you got to really make sure that you challenge yourself, you know, to keep your mind in shape because, um, when you're home, we, we all are working remotely right now. We quarantine, so we're gonna do more sitting, and then anything most is to going to the gym. So when that happens, you're gonna have um, joint pain. You're gonna have a stiffness in the hips, stiffness in the knees, stiffness in the ankle joints, and over time, like I don't know, it's been like four, almost four months of quarantine right now. It only takes 21 days to set a, a habit, whether it's negative, a negative habit or a positive habit. So. You know, now it's four months in. If you haven't done any exercise, you're just sitting more and just relaxing, you're going to get an increased risk of um, joint stiffness. Depending on who you are, some people are overweight now. Um, They're suffering from rheumatoid arthritis, um, stiffness of the joints, um, clinical two or three obesity right now, which can lead into more um, hypertension, heart disease, a stroke. And then also lower your immune system, which is something that we're trying to fortify and actually virus-proof right now. So um, it's imperative that you work out. It's imperative that you get outdoors in the sunshine to really yeah. help build up your immune system. And it's so it's crazy because they want you to stay indoors. But our body is not designed to stay indoors like that. You need to get out, get the vitamin D naturally from the sun. At least 20 minutes is all you need, and that's going to help with your immune system. So, you you know, contrary to what everybody feels like, 
quarantine me, like practice self distancing and staying home, but you have to get out. You have to get the sun. You have to move because if you don't, then you're going to, you know, unnecessarily weaken your immune system anyway. If you don't work out, you don't eat right, and you keep your stress levels down or up, you know, you're going to weaken your immune system up anyway. So, you know, you got to keep moving. Yeah, I totally agree, man. 2020 has been crazy, hasn't it? Like, yes, with, it uh, has. Starting out with, uh, you know, the, un- the unexpected passing of Kobe and that whole, all those, you know, precious people in the helicopter. And then we had, you know, COVID and, you know, we can't walk anywhere without a mask or, or if someone coughs on you, you know, <laughs> give them the book. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. dude, relax. And then we had this yeah. whole you know, crazy situation with, uh, with George Floyd recently. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I wanted to just exchange some, some thoughts, man. Uh, I've been very fortunate over the years um, to have relationships with just about every nationality that you can think of. I mean, I don't, I don't see color, man. I, I've been so fortunate in that regard to have traveled, you know, the world. And um, I love culture. I love uh-huh. learning about the history of cultures and, you know, how did they get there? Because there's so much, I mean, the real treasure, in my opinion, is learning more about cultures and uh, their life experience, et cetera. And then, you know, this whole situation with, with George Floyd and his family and, I mean, this global impact that this mm-hmm. totally unnecessary situation yes. um, has, has caused, man. It's like, man, when I saw that, Terrence, man, it like, you know, because I'm, I'm a man of color, you know, and I, I don't, I can't even put into words when I first saw that, um, mm-hmm. just how devastated, right? Like, what on earth? And, and just to put things into context, as a martial artist, you know, working on a black belt right now, um, what those, it doesn't take four people, <laughs> you know, to, to pin someone down who's handcuffed. Uh, there, he's not. He wasn't resisting arrest. Like, what are you doing? I mean, the the whole thing, uh, the knee and the neck. We don't even do that in martial arts in professional fights. <laughs> but right. What is this dude thinking? What what on earth? So now I wanted to get your thoughts on on kind of the impact that you've seen uh, in your in your circles, you know, and and yeah. um, we could start from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you. Um, I lived up north in New York for 25 years, and it's a melting pot up there. I've been fortunate, just like you, to move in different circles and different cultures and different ethnic groups, so I'm blessed with that, you know. Um, as far as uh, Mr. Floyd, it's very fortunate. My prayers and condolences go out to his family. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, I grew up in areas – and I've seen, I hung out in areas where this police brutality is nothing new. Okay, this has been going on for a long, long, long time. Only different is now is everything is being videoed and televised. Uh, I grew up in areas, uh, you know, where I've, as a young kid, if my grandmother sent me to the grocery store on a corner and just coming out of the grocery store, if a certain, if certain cops pull up, you in the wrong, you at the wrong place at the wrong time. So I've been thrown up against the against the wall accused of selling drugs when I'm just I just went to the store as a thirteen year old just to get some get some milk for my grandmother. So it's always wow. been like that. You know what I'm saying? So this 
it's nothing new. It goes back. You you got to think about everything that was going on when we were coming up as kids. I don't care what city you was in. There's always something going on. Okay. Now, as far as this cop with uh, George Floyd, uh, they worked together at a local club for 17 years. This is the thing that kills me. You know, they he. Yeah, if you if you read the stories, they work together. This guy, George Floyd, was a bouncer there, and this guy, uh, uh, the cop, was uh, uh, he uh, he was off duty cop. The club owner paid him to sit in his car, to you know, in front of the club. So they knew each other. They work with each other. They were coworkers. You understand me? So my question is: Was there altercation prior to that? Was this? premeditated murder, you know, it's so many different stories, but when I read that, I'm like, man, that's crazy. You know what I mean? So you just don't know, you know, what's going on, but it's very unfortunate. Now you're talking about a knee on the neck for eight minutes, what, 46 seconds with your hands in your pocket. And then you have your coworkers standing there just watching you right for eight minutes and this guy is saying that he can't breathe and he calls out for his his i think for his mother his dead mother handcuffed to the ground. right and you just you just if you look at the picture you just got a blank look on your face while your knee is on his neck and he's calling out that's that's you know that's right there it's crazy now here come the flip side Everybody these days is videotaping everything and nobody bothers to help. You know, I cannot, if I see somebody with their neck on, with their knee on your neck and I know you, if I see is wrong, I'm going to have to do something about that. Because that's going to haunt me. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you videotaping the stuff, but nobody ain't doing nothing. Everything is being videotaped, you know, and that's the crazy part that gets me. I cannot stand there and watch that happen on my watch. I can't do that. I'm going to have to go jump on somebody. That's just my take on it because I'm not going to allow you to just patiently wait to somebody's life leaves out of their body. I can't do it. So um, this yeah. is just right. The, the revolution is really being televised this time. You know, um, this generation is, you know, they're not standing for it. I think that this this presidency right now is, you know, it's all over the place. And you know, here's, here's what I really feel. During COVID-19, 60 million people lost their jobs. Uncertainty, anxiety, depression, worryation. You know, now you're quarantined, you got to wear masks everywhere. You don't know how you're going to feed your kids. You don't know how you're going to pay your mortgage. And then now here comes this videotape. People are outraged. People are depressed. And people are dealing with a lot of issues themselves. So they got to find a way to, to, to you know, say something. And this is what's going on right now. This is the answer to that, you know, is it 2020 has really been a year of unbelievable disbelief. So many things. And I think people are tired. People are weary. And if you're dealing with mental health issues, you know, a lot of those things are going to manifest in a lot of people, you know. And you see people young, old, and middle-aged out there protesting for what's right and what's wrong. 
and then you have agitators out there as well. So it's a combination of everything. People are all mixed up right now. So, you know, um, my whole thing is if you're going to protest as a health and wellness professional, if you're going to protest peacefully, make sure that you're in great physical and mental health before you go out there because anything can skyrocket at any time. And if you have underlying health issues like hypertension, um, diabetes, you have a bad back, bad knees, bad ankles, <laughs> uh, you're not eating properly, you suffer from hypoglycemia, you're not eating, your sugar drops, and you're out there in the heat, 80, 90 degrees, with no water and no food, you're gonna have a you're gonna have an episode out there. So, um, I encourage people. You know, if you are a safe protester, you need to make sure that your underlying health issues. You know what's going on with you. And if if you're going somewhere with other protesters who are peacefully protesting, you need to let them know. Hey, I I have a bad back. I have a bad knee because anything can happen. And you can pivot wrong, bend wrong, and now all of a sudden you become a liability to the people you with, and then you can accidentally put yourself in harm's way. So, I mean, it, there's so many things going on. There's so many, there's so many different moving parts with that. I read, uh, I think it was this morning or yesterday, where there was um, another shooting in Atlanta, where the officer, yes. or the, was was it the superintendent that stepped down? Um, is that right? Or? Yeah, I, I think um, uh, that person, that individual, re- yeah, they resigned because, I, you know, they called for her resignation. And prior to that, it was two college students got tasered in the car, you know, and somebody yelled gun and they tased the college student. This was like two weeks ago. Now here comes a, um, a shooting in the back of somebody trying to run away, you know, and um, they was like, well, why was he running? Let me tell you something. As an African-American male, when cops come and try to apprehend you, we already at high, we already are on high alert mentally. We already are afraid, uh, afraid of our life. You, you know, we want to, you know, um, deal with the police. We want to comply. But something is going on where fear of our lives are kicking in. And we're thinking about the videotape in our mind about George Floyd. We don't want to become a victim, uh, another statistic. So, you know, if, if you're trying to run, you're not running because you're guilty. We're running because we don't want to die by the hands of cops, you know. And it just things are being spiraling out of control. You know, if we be, you know, unruly, we don't want to be handcuffed or whatever, whatever. It's like we, in our minds, these videos are being played like bad porn. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we do not want to be killed. We don't want to be handcuffed, thrown to the ground viciously, and then all of a sudden, we don't want to end up like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a problem. So being shot in the back, is un is uncalled for, but this is nothing new. Once again, you know, you talking about even as I was a kid coming up, it was always police brutality in my neighborhood. You know, and you're talking about uh, forty years ago. You know, I I've seen so much in my old neighborhood. You know what I mean? So it's like we are. Like on, we've become numb to it, right? 
yeah, we are on edge. You know, we don't want to be next. You know, we suffer from uh, uh, anxiety. The pressure goes up. It affects our work. It affects our concentration. Um, I just had a conversation with my fiance. You know, she's she's worried about me every time I leave out the door. We got teenage kids. You know who who who's driving right now? She's concerned, so she's on edge herself. So to put the pressure on a black woman, a woman of color. You know, worrying about her man every time, or her kids every time they leave the house. You know, even when I'm driving now, I'm looking at all in all my mirrors. People riding, they tailgating sometimes. I'm let this go, let this person go around me. Every uh, everybody has a handgun now. Everybody's applying for you know, a firearm license, people are on edge. So it's affecting our personal life and our professional life. It's, it's affecting our relationships. We become um, um, depressed. We we try, we may go to binge eating or even alcohol consumption. It all depends. It all depends on who you are, but people are on edge, especially the African-American community because the Every time you turn on your smartphone, there is something going on. So I have to get away from social media and, you know, all that crazy stuff like that. And I have to protect my environment. So it's like we had had a a heightened state right there mentally for protecting ourselves, protecting our family, and not becoming a, 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 a statistic or victim, you know. Now, on the flip side, they, I know great cops. I know a lot of great cops, man. They're doing amazing things in the community. They, they do all types of stuff, you know. But I'm going to say this. The great cops need to stand up. If you see something wrong, you need to do something. You need to say something. Um, just yesterday, a young girl was in the park playing with her family, and the cop came, a female cop. And she just, like, she saw the boogeyman, the, the little girl just went to crying and screaming to her mama saying, police, police, police. And this little girl had to be, like, seven years old. Wow. And the Caucasian cop, a female, she started crying. She was like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? And she was like, I'm not, I'm not a bad cop. I'm not a bad cop. And this little girl cannot quit crying and shaking, you know. And the cop was like, I'm not a bad cop. I'm not a bad cop. But it did not matter to the little girl. Only thing she saw was police. Yeah. You understand me? So this is a mental state. This is a mental war. This is psychological warfare um, that's going on right now. Now, just imagine as a young kid seeing that about cops. That's all she knows, bad cops. So she's conditioned, you know, to be afraid. Um. Nobody really wants to deal with the cops until they really need to deal with the cops. You know, like, oh, I have a problem. Let me call the police. But sometimes it don't make sense to call the police because you may end up a victim. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's so much going on. Um, The domestic violence has uh, risen across the world. So, with COVID-19, if somebody calls for a domestic violence dispute and they come get this person, this person is irate, things are break, broken all over the house, they're taking you to jail. You can thank O.J. Simpson for that back in the day. And um, But now with COVID-19, they can't hold that person. From what I heard, they send that same violator back to where they picked them up at or her at. 
So now you wow. put the you put the person right back with the victim because of COVID nineteen and in in the, the pandemic issue. So it's so much going on in the world right now, and all these things are tying into one. And then now it's coming into um, a, a time bomb with a short fuse. And until we get a handle on the pandemic, we're still under quarantine, but people are still protesting and they're, they're not practicing six feet distancing. You can see it on the news. I'm like, man, but people, that goes to show you that people are upset. They're hurting, they're suffering and nobody's paying attention to nobody about anything, you know? And, um, I, I think that it just, it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. And, um, you know, you got, you got to do something about it. It's painful, man. It's, you know, you, you, you know, I, I got to make sure that I'm okay mentally so I can make sure that my family is okay because I'm the strongest one here. If my wife had a concern about me, I got to make, I got to reassure her that she's okay, that we're okay. So, that put added stress on her. So now that put added stress on me because she's concerned about me. So it put me at a heightened state, you know? So this is, this is the thing that's going on in the African-American communities that people and I talk about our, our mental health right now, what all of this is doing to us, you know, it's changing the our, our mental landscape, you know, as, as black women, as black men, even kids coming up, you know, if you look at, um, Netflix and Amazon Prime Television, they they play all these African-American movies that dealt with um, the crimes of people going to jail, you know, innocent people going to jail and they're getting off. They're playing all these movies, you know what I'm saying? So they re, you know, they re conditioning you that this has been going on for years. This movie's been out for a while. Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing, 1989, Fight the Power. You know, these things been going on. They've been talking about injustices in the African communities, African American communities. They've been talking about this. It's just now everybody got a cell phone. So you think about the eighty nine back then, nobody really had these type of capability to videotape everything that's going on. Every single person, whether you're twelve all the way up to ninety has a cell phone. They have the capability to videotape anything compared to what it was thirty years ago when you didn't you didn't have these electronic devices. But these crimes been going on for a very long time. A very long time. You know, and you can go back in history and check. And um it's just one of those things, man. You know, the only thing we can do is just make sure that we are okay mentally and emotionally so we can be okay physically. But um, it's, it's taking a psychological uh, – um, excuse me for a quick, because this thing is really hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's starting to take a toll on us, you know, and – it just well, so it's, been much. Su- it's been suppressed, right? I mean, for so many years. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, think about the, the mixed bag of emotions that um, we're going through right now, right? First of all, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, 
the quarantine and it doesn't help that we're dealing with something that's unknown and scares the shit out of most people. Right. Um, right. Because that's, that's a death threat. It, 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 it's something that we can't control. And, you know, whenever a human being feels like they're in a situation that they can't control, it, it throws them off. Right. Because um, it's, it's the, the, the uncertainty piece. And then you have this, this um, concern because of our color that we're going to be mistreated, which is ridiculous, but this has been going on for so many freaking years. And then now we're all, we're, we're, we're staring at it right now in a way that we have not seen before. And it's bringing up all the emotions it's bringing up all the hatred it's bringing up all the, the pain it's bringing up all the memories. And in, in a sense, it's so overwhelming Mm-hmm. S- similar to what you're saying about our emotional wellness, it's like how do we actually manage? Because I love the fact that you said, you know, here I am. I want to make sure that my family's good. I am overseeing and, and looking uh, and concerned about their health and wellness for themselves. And then as they are concerned about me doing my thing to provide for my family, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm handling this added stress. And so as men, as entrepreneurs, I think the dialogue can start there from the standpoint of like, what are some healthy practices? I know that we talk about fitness, which is fantastic. I know faith is important, right? Um, and I know a lot of people who may not have believed in God are believing in God right now, right? And it's right. like, what are some practices um, that you would recommend uh, in addition to what we've just shared, like these two points, to help yeah. us stay centered, to help us help us navigate through the emotions of all of this, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've just watched this stuff and then like, I just start bawling because it's, this is so, this is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the yeah. hell is going it's, on here? Yeah. Um, I would recommend doing a brain dump, you know, turn off social media um, at a certain time at night, around about 8 PM or whatever time that fits you put your phone somewhere where you, you can't even see it. Turn off, turn off your phone, notifications, all that stuff like that. Cause every time you reach for your phone, something that's going to pop up, you know, and that's going to drive you crazy. Turn at nighttime. You got to turn your brain off. You, you have to do a brain dump. You have to quiet the noise, spend quiet time with your family, maybe play board games, whatever. You got to distract yourself from all the information that's coming at you. 5G speed, not 4G anymore. That's another thing. 5G speed coming at you, speed of light. And then you got a lot of people who are they suffer from PTSD, anxiety, depression, and they don't they they're they're, they're introverts on top of that, and they're quarantined. And they are the ones who are sharing all the information on social media articles that was posted five years ago, and they were like, oh my God, look what's going on right now, like. Dude, that was that they they published that months ago or years ago. Um, turn off your phone, man. Meditate. You have to meditate. Sit quietly somewhere. Exercise your faith and brain dump any thoughts that's not serving you. You have to get rid of it. Okay, your subconscious mind is recording everything as you sleep. You got to turn the TV off. You know. You, you you have to distract yourself, but also be on top of everything that's going on. You can't over, over flood your mind with all this stuff. 
George Floyd's death, the videotape of it, it's, it's going to constantly be playing in your mind every time. You can't block that out. You can never block that out. However, to make sure that you maintain your psychological health and your emotional health, you're going to have to practice self-care techniques by sitting quietly, praying, doing a brand dump, or focus on your goals. This is the perfect time right now to use this anger, use this energy to be creative for your business. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to get it done. All right? So this is the perfect time to do it. This is the perfect time to get yourself in physical shape. This is the perfect time to get yourself in great mental, emotional, and spiritual shape. You are no good to no one when you're you're falling to the left. You become a liability. You cannot peacefully protest. You can't do nothing, okay? You just sit there, okay? Um, you have to turn it off sometimes. You have to. Because especially if you especially if you are a, 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 a African American male or a male of color, you got to protect your family. You know, yeah. not just physically, but emotionally. You you got to reassure them, like you know, we gonna be okay, we be okay. But in your mind, you're second thought, thinking yourself, like, man, I gotta go out here and handle this business. You know, let me get my stuff that I need. I know exactly where I need to go. You have to strategize your meetings. You got to know where you're going. You got to know what areas you're in. You got to know who you're meeting, why, da 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 da, da. I can't even drive through downtown Atlanta. I got to go around. I got to take the bypass. I don't even want to go downtown Atlanta. Wow. Because right now, they, they the guy that got murdered from the cops a couple of days ago, was downtown in that area, I believe. Now they they he got I don't know. I think was the call something happened in Wendy's, and they called the cops and, and the incident. They burnt that Wendy's down and they blocked off oh. all expressways for the, from what I'm reading and hearing. They blocked off the expressways so the fire department can't get to it. So once Atlanta traffic gets shut down, you're stuck there for. For, for hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's congested. It's so much people here. So it's like, I don't even go downtown. You know, I have to go to bypass. It takes me an extra 20, 30 minutes, but I don't go downtown because I don't know <laughs> what's, going, what's going to happen. There's so much going on. So with that anxiety, I have to make sure I maintain that anxiety and not let that turn into stress because I have already have enough stress that's going on. So I don't need all that stuck in traffic, dealing with uh, protesters and cops, you know what I'm saying? Um, we have to turn it off some, somewhere, you know, where we have to do a brain dump. And then we have to find ways that we can participate in our own way. And another thing I would suggest is that uh, contribute to everything in your own way. You don't have to jump on the bandwagon or be dealing with peer pressure to go do things that you don't want to do at this particular time. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you've got to go at your own pace with these things because if you go out of anger and frustration, you're going to probably do some things that, that's going to, you know, get yourself caught up. Okay. And that's for my young people, too. 
so we have to be strategic thinkers of what's going on and then participate in ways we we, we know that it's going to keep us safe and, and, and keep us alive. Okay, because what's going on right now with cops on the front line, from what I'm hearing, it's like they have weekly meetings, daily meetings as well. And with, they're, they're realizing they are identifying the agitators versus the peaceful protesters. And this came out of cop mouth live on social media. He was like, look, this is what we do. If you are a peaceful, peaceful protester and agitators start to agitate, you need to go the other way because we're watching to see where you're going. So that was information to me. So if I'm there and agitators start to agitate and I'm in the vicinity with agitators, guess what? They're going to consider me as with them as an agitator, but I'm a peaceful protester. So mentally and physically, I need to be ready to learn how to identify where I'm at, what crowd I'm in, and learn how to pivot quickly, just like like a, a basketball player or a football player. You got to learn how to get out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they're paying attention. So you don't want to get hit with a rubber. You don't want to get hit with a rubber bullet. You know because you mistakenly in the wrong crowd. You know you got it's it's agitators out there on from 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 every walks of life. And, and then you have cops out there in, print, in plain clothes who have um, jeans on. They got the earpiece in. They got the um, they got a stab vest underneath their t-shirt. They have their hat backwards, and they have the black and blue band around their wrist, and they have on cop issued steel toe boots and handcuffs in their right back pocket. Those are. I don't know if they're undercover cops, but they're in there. They're in there. They're identifying people. So you got, you got to be aware of who you, who's there. You know what I'm saying? And you got to realize where the cops at in these in these crowds. So the cop is going to wear a uh, uh, a hand uh, wristband, blue and black, and he's going to have on jeans with his hat backwards with handcuffs and a stab vest wrapped around his, his trunk underneath his T-shirts. These are cops. So, you know, you got to pay attention to it. you got to realize you can't be blind and go out there and figure, oh, I'm about to go do something. No, these things, it's real out here, man. It's not a game. So, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm aware of everything that's going on. I'm, a, you know, I'm trained by the state to recognize um, non-communicational, um, like uh, non-verbal body language. You know, what I'm saying I pay attention to body language, facial expressions, you know, stances. You know, I, I pay attention to everything like that. I already know if this person is is, is defensive. If he's going to start something, you know, growing up the way I grew up, it's important to know, you know, and um, this, these things can save your life, you know, and that's why I say, look, people are not paying attention because either they don't know or get just angry and they blinded by fear or hate and they feel like I just need to get out there, but they're not showing all the people who are injured in the process. People are catching heat strokes out there, man, and they know that they're not strong enough to be out there. And um, they're not showing that stuff. The only thing they're showing is the rioting, pretty much. 
So I, I would suggest people that you know what your underlying health conditions are. When you home, have these conversations uh, with your family members, especially young adults. Make sure that your spouses or girlfriend, spouses, your girlfriend, boyfriend, or spouse, are make sure that they're okay, that they know that you're okay. Eat healthy, drink water, and, and focus on your goals. And if you're going to protest peacefully, make sure that you do that and then get up out of there because anything can happen at any given time while you're down there. And if you're not able to move quickly, you're going to have a problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you definitely got to turn the news off. You got to turn social media off. You just got to dump these, dump these things a certain time of the day. People go to sleep with these images and they wake up with these images and it's just, it's just, Conditioning their mind, everything is like feeding the fear. Feeding the fear, just you just like throwing freaking wood on the fire. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's it's everybody is going through a challenge right now. Uh, just imagine this: before the COVID nineteen, then all of a sudden COVID nineteen, you got laid off from your job. That's a stress by itself. Some people are quarantined with people they don't even like anymore, you know, whether spouse relationships or whatever. So now here comes domestic violence. You are, you you have to teach your kids, they home from quarantine from school. You find out that you are not smarter than a fifth grader, okay? So you have to relearn stuff to teach <laughs> You understand? <laughs> So I understand, my brother. I understand. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, holy crap. Now they're home. You got to think about their health and well-being now. They're not in school, so you, they still got to do work. You still got to feed them. They're bored. You got to find activities for them to do. You're working from home if you still have a job. So you got a lot going on right now out of nowhere. happened overnight. Boom. Now you quarantine. You lost your job now. You got to figure out what's what. You got mortgage. You got car payment. Some bills are deferred. Okay, but they're still coming in now. And you're talking three months later. All these things are triggers. These things are stressors. They're not. Just imagine if you are not a um, high performer, are not a, a extrovert. Like some people, we benefit from being quarantined in our businesses. We we learn how to create opportunities in the midst of chaos. So that's great for us. However, what about the other people who don't have those opportunities? Only thing they know is frustration, fear, anger, irritation, and most likely they can't feed themselves or their family. Those are going to be the rioters. People are not breaking in stores and stuff like that for no reason. They're breaking in for stuff that they can steal, that they can pretty much sell so they can feed themselves or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You got the, Nobody's really talking about that. All of a sudden, the pandemic is a, is not the elephant in the room right now. The protesting is. So we're still under quarantine. We're still under the pandemic. And, you know, that's still, we got two elephants in the room. You know, so you got to deal with all these stresses, with all these things that's going on with this year, and people are suffering, people are hurting, they're starving out there. They're not getting any money. You know, then you know you got you got mouths to feed. What you gonna do to a person who got little ones to feed, and you're not getting any help? 
what are you going to do when your mortgage is $1,500 and they only give you $1,200 stimulus check? What are you going to do? What are you going to do if you stay in Brooklyn and you stay in a housing complex now, the three months lease uh, deferred payments is up, mass evictions coming on. What do you think those people, those tenants, do they have a plan? What are they going to do? You know what I'm saying? They, they got mass evictions about to happen in about a week or two in, in New York and Brooklyn. And the, and the tenants there are, are like, oh, my God, these are low-income families. So they stress right now. You're talking about Brooklyn. You're talking about Bed-Stuy. You're talking about Brownsville. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? What do, what do you think is going to happen? This is unrest. And bills still need to be paid. The landlords still need to make the mortgage. It's a vicious cycle. So people are going to lash out because they feel like the government is not helping anybody. They, nobody cares. The rich getting richer. Uh, the PPP loans is great for small business, but big, large businesses soak the money up when they're not even supposed to get the money. You know what I'm saying? So it's just so much things going on. It's a transfer of wealth in this generation right now. There's so many things going on. But, you know, if, they, if people feel like they're not being heard, they're not being helped, it's not our fault or anybody's fault that COVID-19 hit the way it did. No, you know, you know, come on. 110,000 people perished from this, from this virus. Yeah. Now you you freaked out. You can't even go to the grocery store without gloves and a mask on. We, I never even imagined this would even happen. You see what I'm saying? And, and it's like, like you said earlier, if somebody called, you'd be looking at them side eye like, man, you know, you know. But here's the deal: just imagine if you are a, a, a allergy seasonal a seasonal allergy sufferer. You can't go outside. You're stuck in the house because doing pollen here in Atlanta, it gets up to 1,100, 1,200 count in pollen. So it can it can trigger an asthma attack. It can trigger allergies. If you suffer from any type of respiratory system issues, a COPD, you can't go outside with this virus. They're going to rush you to the hospital. I've seen it with too many people I know. So yeah. if you get if you get diagnosed with COVID nineteen, you quarantine in the hospital. They only you may not even see your family member for a while. They letting one person in at a time to see your people. If you're in a nursing home, if people you can't even go see your 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 seniors. Imagine that there was a, there, there was a a a, a funeral home or a morgue or something in New York City that ran a couple of U-Haul trucks, they had, they was throwing dead bodies in the back of the truck. Wow. U-Haul heard it and said, no, the, our trucks are not for that. You know what I'm saying? So it just, you just, it's just so much. So if you suffer from diabetes, hypertension, um, all these other respiratory systems, uh, chronic illnesses, you got to really be on high alert when it comes down to this virus. If you're out there protesting and you have these things and the virus is going on, you still have this pandemic, you don't need to be out there, mask or not. 
you don't need to be out here. You just increase your risk of contracting COVID-19. And from what I'm reading, I read, I read, is that these hospitals are getting a markup as they diagnose somebody, or you, if you died from COVID-19, they get money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to protect yourself. You can't you can't rely on the government to, to take care of you. You got to take things in your own hands and take care of yourself. You got to practice the CDC procedures and protocols. You got to eat right. You got to exercise. You got to keep your stress down. You got to make sure that you're healthy. Okay. I've, I, I talk to people who are super struggling right now, seniors, young adults, people are suffering. You know, I had a friend that came back from Africa. She was diagnosed three weeks later with COVID-19. She says, like an elephant set on your chest, you cannot yeah. breathe. Dr. She's okay now, but she said that was, she was screaming out for her mother. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That, you know, and she's from, she's, she's Jamaican descent, but she went to Nigeria for, for something when she came back. And this is when we just quarantine was just starting to hit. So then you, on top of that, everything else that's being played on television, on the news, people are hurting. People are confused. People are worried. People are on the edge of their seats and they're starving. You know, some people are literally starving. You can go to the dollar store and see older people buying cat food and going into the dollar store for coupons from the dollar store to buy stuff from the so they can survive, so they can eat. It's sad, man. You know, it's very sad. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's people from all walks of life that are trying to stretch that dollar. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's it's, it's hurtful, it's sad and um and, and, and the streets is talking right now. At the streets are, this is what it is. The streets is out there talking. You know what I mean? It's like you can't look for celebrities to come out and say their little part. Yeah, they gonna do it, but you know, they go right back into their million dollar mansions and stuff like that. Oh, I, I, I said my part on, on, on my live. What else y'all you know what I mean? You gotta it's just what I like about certain celebrities that, you know, they're donating millions of dollars. That's fine. That's great. You know what I mean? That's a tax write off for you. Well, use your platform to promote change with this stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's challenging, man. It's challenging. It's even hard for me as a, as a health professional. It's important that I take care of my mental, spiritual, and emotional health. You know, and make sure that I'm on point for my own business and for my personal life and my family life. It's challenging, even for me. You know, I got to go for a walk. I got to do some home improvement. I got to drink my water. I, I, you know, I got to work out. I got to read. I got to write. I got to make sure the business is on point. I, I have to stay focused and not be easily distracted. If I don't, then I'm, I'm just another statistic out here worrying about everything. So. You got to stay on point, man, as much as possible. Well, Terrence, Matt, I, I want to thank you again for, for hanging out with us today. Uh, once again, what is your website so folks can can uh, dial into what you're doing? Uh, thanks again, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, such a great platform you have. Um, the website is www.yourbestlifestyles, with the S, 
com, and everything, all the information is there. Awesome. A lot of great feedback, man. I appreciate you. I'll catch you next time. Was that a great episode or what? So here's just a quick recap of what I took away from this conversation. And once again, Terrence, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your thoughts, your emotion, your truth, uh, just being authentic and, and sharing your wisdom as it relates to uh, your experience um, as a black business owner and, and nutrition. So here's some takeaways, guys, that I walked away with. Um, as an entrepreneur, we have to be mindful, be really intentional to make sure that from a physical fitness standpoint that we are on point. Uh, that includes our meals. That includes uh, exercise. Uh, doesn't mean that you have to be a you know, gym rat or anything like that, but it's important to get out there, go enjoy nature, um, go walk for at least 20, 30 minutes and on a daily basis, and uh, you'll see how your stress levels, your cortisol levels uh, go down. And you know, as men... Uh, stress raises cortisol levels, which then makes it extremely difficult for our testosterone to do its job. That means fat loss and, you know, other areas. <clears throat> so I think you need to really pay attention to what I'm telling you. So in terms of the cortisol levels, you've got to make sure that you are intentionally reducing those, uh, really to stay active and stay uh, healthy. Uh, and relatively stress-free in a sense. We want to make sure that we manage stress because if not, our, our bodies physically weren't designed to manage stress. And although we, there's a fight and flight, uh, fight or flight response that we have psychologically to, for protection's sake, but on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, stress is really the silent killer. And we as entrepreneurs are very familiar, right, with, uh, with stress and we definitely have to be mindful and intentional about uh, managing those things. So that's one of the takeaways that I am walking away with from my conversation with Terrence. I'm also walking away with just um, just a renewed commitment to really be part of the solution when it as we are uh, as we dove into the whole George Floyd incident and um, racism throughout the, U the U.S. I will say this. I remember watching uh, uh, Mr. Trudeau in Canada, uh, the prime minister out there in Canada, and he was uh, hosting, holding a press conference, and one of the reporters went ahead and said, hey, what do you think about the things that are happening in the U.S. and how the president, etc., is uh, taking care of things? And I've never seen this before in my life, but it was amazing. It was it was like a school in a sense, a lesson. And the Prime Minister Trudeau was like a blank stare. <laughs> I, I think he paused for at least thirty seconds. He didn't say a word to reply in anger or reply in bewilderment. I am sure his true emotions wanted to just lash out, uh, but he did not. In fact, what he did was. He owned it like a true leader would and then began to disclose how Canada itself as a country has oppressed and fueled systemic racism within its own borders. And when I saw that, I realized that that is true leadership. And that means 
admitting to your own flaws, owning it, and working towards a solution to eliminate, to eradicate uh, that potential problem that may be hindering the quality of life, not only for yourself, but for those around you. So I just want to wrap up this segment by telling you guys that I love you and that racism will only have the power we give it, right? It'll only have the control over our lives that we give it. We have a tremendous opportunity right now to not only address racism, but any other ism that the U.S. as a nation just continues to fuel. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather take that energy and reassign it somewhere else, something more healthy, something more vibrant, something more useful, productive, to help the world grow. Hey guys, if you're a B2B company that can take on more clients, then take a look at our free training detailing the simple strategy that took us from 19 sales appointments in 2016 to 426 qualified sales appointments in 2019 with zero paid ads or time-consuming blogging on LinkedIn. On this free training, you'll see how this proven strategy works so you can start generating qualified sales appointments for your business today. Visit us at mrdeu.com. That's www.mrdeu.com. Life hackers. Hey, just wanted to take a quick message to thank you for your continued support. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us on many occasions, I want to personally thank you because we do this to support entrepreneurs just like you. Hey guys, please take 60 seconds today to visit iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. This will help us grow organically and inspire more entrepreneurs just like you. Now, while you're there, please leave us a review and I promise to read each and every comment and apply your suggestions as we continue to improve our show. Also, if you like free stuff, then make sure to like our official Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs fan page for upcoming guest information and free giveaways. Guys, this is David Uvita, your host of the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.